Hi there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cloud-Based Mayhem. I have a really cool show for you this week with an Israeli-born pilot, Elia Zamor, who is now living in Switzerland, but still goes back to his homeland pretty frequently to knock out flights. And on his last trip, he broke the country record uh, smasher from way down south to way up north. And we dissect the flight and talk about how he found the launch and there are some difficulties with flying Israel. Uh, obviously the borders are no-go zones with Jordan and Syria and I, I got to get a lot more geographically aware having this talk and I pretty much just looked at X contest and looked at his flight and looked at the countries around him and Egypt of course uh, but it was fascinating and beautiful and it's not without its difficulties, but if you're if you're willing to give it a go, it's pretty special. So yeah, we talk about his his flying in, in Israel and how he got into it and how he thinks about going there and the seasons and I think it's all pretty inspiring stuff. I have no housekeeping in this one. Just got back from a very adventurous X Alps where I was covering a lot of it there and. Uh, I know many of you reached out and said you enjoyed that. It was pretty wild and pretty incredible pace this year. Tons of fun. And hopefully I have a job there in the future. I decide not to compete again and do that because it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. It was cool getting in the air with everybody every day. And went straight from there to Chelan for U.S. Nationals and just got back from that. So I need some sleep. That's what I'm going to go do. Enjoy this show. Cheers. Elia, welcome to the show. We've been trying to put this together for a few weeks. Thanks for your patience. And I thought I'd be talking to you in in Israel, but it's uh, looking out your window. You're not in Israel. It sounds like you're you're in Chamonix. Yeah? I'm in lovely Chamonix. Hey, Gavin, how is it going? Fantastic. It's going great. Thank you. Great, great. Thank yeah. you very much for having me. You bet. You bet. Understand the weather's turning and it's uh, shaping up over there. I'm gonna. I leave. Get on the flight tomorrow to come over and and be in your part of the your part of the woods. But you've been getting some good flying lately. Um, I had a couple of uh, of uh, good flights. Um, not too many actually. Uh, this is in uh, April and May were not very stable and seems like kind of winter was dragging longer than usual here. Uh, but the last uh, one two weeks were quite uh, back into normal routine and it's getting better and and I'm hoping to do a bit more flying. Excellent. Yeah, I saw the first 300k FAIs go down about a week and a half ago. There was some nice ones over in Austria and some really good good flights in the Valles and and it looks like things are shaping up. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. I mean every year I um, I I look on the flights and I see like you know, it's getting bigger and bigger. It seems like, you know, more and more pilots are able to crack the 300 kilometers. And it's pretty amazing. I mean, the level right now in Europe is just insane. Yeah, it's really incredible. I just watch the world and you know, the consistency of the top guys, especially the French this year. Holy smokes. They're just, they really put it together. It's It's very impressive. Do you compete as well? Uh, I'm not doing a lot of competitions, uh, to be honest. Uh, I was uh, 
tasted. I, I, I tested actually for for a while, and uh, I mean it's it's great. You get better and you learn a lot. But uh, I'm I'm not really. I, I don't like flying in a goggle. Um, so <laughs> I'm more trying to do like adventurous uh, flying and going uh, cross country. So you're give us a little bit about your history and why you reached out and. What are we going to talk about today? I'd like to hear more about certainly flying in, in Israel and, and, yeah. What's 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 your what brings you to the mayhem? Well, I <laughs> basically I I grew up in Israel. I'm a, I'm an Israeli and uh, and French, uh, but uh, I spent my childhood in uh, in Israel, and then around the age of uh, of nineteen I moved to I moved to Europe, and then I started to uh, to do a bit of a uh, bit of mountaineering, a bit of climbing, and at some point uh, I started to, to do some uh, some flying. Um, I got back to Israel um, approximately six, seven years ago. I started to visit a bit more um, um, Israel more regularly, and I started to to go over there with my glider and see what I can do. And then I discovered it's quite a quite an interesting place to fly in, um, for many reasons actually. Um, you have a lot of sun over there. So it's a great destination if you're trying to escape from uh, from the winter uh, in Europe um, with more than 300 uh, sunny day per year. I mean, you can do quite a lot over there. And it's very versatile. Um, mm. Yes. So it, it's, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a beginner or an expert, you can always find um, uh, something interesting to fly over there. So in, in just, you know, half an hour from Tel Aviv, you have this lovely uh, beach soaring, um, which is very, you know, kind of social, uh, social flying just along, uh, just above the boulevard. And um, it's it's quite lovely and, and you can, you know, it's, it's kind of a cheap airtime and um, it's very nice. You land, you go for a beer. The north is completely different than that. Uh, you have a beautiful uh, lake at the north, and and you're flying above uh, green meadows. And the south will look completely different, right? And the south will be a full-on desert and uh, and very remote, very wild, and a lot of places to explore over there. So it's a um, it's it's quite interesting in that aspect. It it it's a big menu uh, for flying and and. You can just decide how you would like to spend it over there. The other interesting part it's 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 a very small country, so you can you know within two or three hours of driving you can pretty much cover the entire um, the entire country and visit different areas, and each one of them will look like completely different country. And what what is the season? Is it year round? Because you're you're quite a ways south. You're you know south side of the Med, and uh, I would imagine it's it's relatively warm year round is that right yes you can fly over there year round i mean i have to say that i mean to begin with whatever i know about israel it's only from the months i'm visiting over there which is normally around a november december and then a bit of march before i started the, the ski touring season in europe um so that's mm. kind of my experience over there in israel and uh, it, it's uh, it's very interesting if you would like to go big Shoulder seasons are the best. Uh, I would say around April, May, and okay. 
Uh, during the summer, it's uh, it's getting hot with a lot of uh, west wind, and it's very consistent. Uh, you might not be able to go uh, quite big in terms of distance, but you will be able to to fly every day somewhere. Hmm. And what are what are the challenges of you? Know, what are the things people should know before setting up a trip and going there to fly? What what are the what are the is there is there tough airspace or are the borders you know could you fly over the border for example into Jordan or is that just no way you got to stay no, in the country yeah it's not going to be a very smart idea um, it's a, I mean politically it's a bit uh, sensitive so don't try to do anything sure. stupid like flying um, close to the borders you have a in the north the border with Lebanon Syria and that's a, that's a, a bit of a sensitive area in the south it's close to to Egypt and and the east you have Jordan um, I wouldn't get too close to the borders um, it's it's a sensitive uh, it's a sensitive um, system over there but I, I think that the first stop over there will be to speak with the local community the local community of the, mm. the, the pilots in israel are super supportive and they know a lot about you know where you can fly and where it's not going to be a very good idea um it's it's you know it's it's a very it's a very young sport in israel and most of it is not regulated so i i there are no very there are no hard rules of what you can do and what you cannot do. You just have to use your common sense and try not to fly above, you know, military bases or, or airports. Basically, things that you would try Same to do. Same as, as you'd as have well. to worry about anywhere. Exactly, pretty much. And what are the conditions like? Is it, are you launching off, you know, how high are the mountains? Is it, what would you compare it to? Is it like flying in Greece? That's kind of what I'm imagining in my mind or Macedonia or, or is that totally, is that totally wrong? Um, I'm not sure about Greece. I never flew over there, but uh, it's not similar to anything I flew be, um, before. I mean, it, it is oh. a flatland. Huh. It is in the category of, of flatland, but it's not behaving like Colombia. I mean, in in Colombia, it works textbook, right? I mean, you you get into a thermal, you you maximize your altitude, and you glide out, you search for the next thermal, and and you keep going, right? In in Israel, the flying style is is very different. Um, it seems because of the uh, predominant wind, um, you always have to work with the wind. So uh, try to choose your takeoff according to that. And once you get into a climb. Um, I think that the best thing is try to stay in the thermal and try to, uh, uh, while you're in it, you will realize that the thermal itself is, is wandering and, and you just, you know, being over there, you, you realize that you already did like 20, 30 kilometers until you lose it. And then you start to, to search again for a thermal. Um, I haven't seen this in, in any other places in the world. I haven't seen this in Colombia, definitely not in the Alps, um, not in Mexico. So I, it, it's something that you need to be able to, to understand and, and adopt your flying style according to it. Uh, but once you get it, you can do lovely distance. The other interesting um, feature that you have over there is that there is a often convergence between west and east. And if you will be able to, to find that wave, you will be able to, to do, you know, you can go big over there. Wow. So what, what, what's the record there? Uh, 228. 
and that's yours. And that's mine. Yes, that's uh, that's actually quite recent <laughs> from uh, from last. Kind day. of a loaded question. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was a very uh, a very interesting flight uh, from uh, from last March actually. Uh, it was just magic uh, magic conditions, and I was just in the right time and in the right place to do that. And uh, so I'm I'm looking at a map. Take me through it. Where'd you start? Where'd you end? So um, that uh, that weekend there was a um, there was a south wind. Um, so I figure out if if I want to go big, I have to pick up something in, in south. I mean, I, I think it start it, it will be good to to start by just describing. It, it's a bit of a limited uh, country in terms of size. It's very small. Um, from uh, west to east, I mean, the country is, is very very narrow. It's sixty kilometers. Uh, yeah. So if you want to go big, yeah. you have to go uh, north to south or south to uh, to north, uh, where you have approximately 400 mm-hmm. kilometers uh, valuable of area play. And that weekend, uh, there was a south wind with cloud base approximately in uh, 2,400 meters, and I figured out if I will be able to find the takeoff around uh, around the, the south part of the country, then I will be able to go as north as I can. Um, so a few months before that, I was visiting in the country and I went with my girlfriend into a, just a biking tour and I managed to, to venture in the, in the mountains in the south. And I found this lovely um, a south-facing uh, cliff and I just, you know, threw the coordination into my mobile and I said, you know, if I will uh, tackle the right conditions, I need to check it out. And... And then I went to Colombia and completely forgot about it. And when I um, when I came back, um, like the first weekend I was there, and suddenly, you know, the perfect forecast for that. So I was preparing myself, and by three o'clock in the morning, I was driving uh, down to the south, which is you need to understand it's like really full on a uh, full on desert. It's quite remote, um, not a lot of a uh, population over there, and and I. Got. I'm looking at pictures right now. I just want to describe this to the folks who are listening. I'm looking at Elo at the north end of the Gulf of how do you call that? Is that Akaba? Is that the is that the Gulf of Akaba? Akaba, yeah. Akaba, that's where, that's the Jordanian Akab- side. Akaba. The Israeli side is uh, Elat. Elat. Yeah, okay, Elat. I'm looking at pictures of Elat. Now those mountains look pretty big. And man, is it dry. Wow. But the mountains look pretty sizable there. Um. Well, not compared Just to the Alps. The pictures. Yeah, but I mean. No, no, no. But yeah, Yotvara. Oh, it looks beautiful. It is. It is beautiful. I mean, this is the closest thing that that you can imagine if you will fly above the moon. It's a. Uh, it's pretty neat. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so where where what was the name of the uh, the area that you started down there? Am I in the right zone? Were you, were you that far south or or north of that area? Yes. So approximately around Akaba, I mean, you you will see that there is a, a cliff that basically crossing from south to north, and on that cliff I found a, a north a south facing a south facing wall, and I climbed over there and. And and the forecast was just completely misleading. You know, I got to the takeoff and just backwind inversion, uh, just completely different than the forecast. And just okay, you know, that's the way it is. And I I realized I will not be able to do much with it. I just went running. And I camped that night on a, on the takeoff. 
And the following morning, that was when the actual proper forecast they came into realization. And already pretty much in the morning at like nine o'clock, it was working already and I could see birds above me and the, the wind was already, you know, you, you could feel that it's working quite well with 25 kilometers per hour. And I took off from there. I mean, the, the first hour were kind of a rodeo and it was you know a lot of work to to keep the, the the glider open above my head but after an hour i managed to go into 1400 meters and i said all right let's let's glide to the north and it just worked like a magic everywhere i was gliding i just found the thermal at the end of the glide and and the more i progress into into midday you know the, the altitude is getting better and better and um, and there is some point in the flight where you need to make a decision whether you stick into the road just flying above the road or you're just going into a, a very remote part of the country where it's you know if you bomb out over there you really are going to to have like a proper expedition to get out of there are you flying up the are you are you just looking at these roads there's a couple of north south roads and you're you're pretty much right on the border of Jordan I'm imagining are you going up the road kind of Lotan and Yahel and Paran is that the ex Sukim? exactly exactly so if you continue so far, without wow. exactly so if you continue without road it's pretty much a safe flight so if you bomb out you can always um, hitchhike uh, somewhere but until you get like you know 30 40 kilometers after that the road is going either um, either to the west or uh, or to the north, and in the middle you have you know a piece of desert that's called Tin Desert, which is quite remote, and you would like to go over there only if you're pretty sure that you can um, clear it out. So are you are you basically heading towards the Dead Sea then, and that's in this part of the flight? Yes, you're heading into. Oh wow. Yeah. It's wow, that looks amazing. It's it's pretty uh, a pretty cool area to fly above. It's it's just super wild. Uh, wow. But but I was super lucky that. And day. you're by yourself. Yeah, I was flying solo. Uh, I didn't have any partners with me, and uh, uh, but but conditions were perfect. I couldn't ask for any better conditions, and and it was uh, just a lot of uh, surface just just going up uh, very easily, and somewhere around. Um, around Arad, I don't know if you, if you see that village over there, um, I encounter the beautiful inversion, uh, which is basically mm. a wind coming from the south and from the east. And once I was on that, it was just a highway, you know, just put a speed bar and, and just go as, as far as you can. Um, wow. At that point, you know, any, any nylon bag would, would go pretty, pretty far. Yes. <laughs> Start hucking balloons out of your harness and try to beat them. Exactly, exactly. So it was it was a lovely feeling from that because you know the the flight became super easy. It was easy and it's just uh, just maximizing. And, and you know there are some flights that you are very much very much aware of yourself and and you are in control, but you are always kind of you know you are very on it. And some flights you are in a state of hyper flow you just it, it's almost like you can mm. look at yourself from from a side can't do anything wrong exactly yeah. and and i think that at that point i was 
just in a, in a really flow state. Um, everything was on automatic pilot. And for three, mm. four hours, I was, uh, I was in that zone and it was just mind-blowing. I mean, you fly and, and at some point you're crossing above, uh, above Jerusalem and, and you see the, the Dead Sea just, um, just to the east of you and, and you're crossing this, this amazing uh, part of the country which is uh, full on desert and then you go into, into the more you know, populated area and um, it, it's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. So I, I just... Uh, at some point, you know, it was still winter, winter time. So approximately around three o'clock, I started to feel that uh, thermals are getting a bit weak, and and you need to you need to be careful where you are going to land over there. I mean, some parts um, around Jerusalem are, are not the best place to to land, um, uh, just because it's you know politically a bit uh, a bit complicated over there. So you want to be able to to go into into the valley area of uh, of the Dead Sea and and land over there, which is a bit more uh, calm down. And so approximately around three o'clock, mm. I started to realize that from here on there is a good possibility I'm going to bomb out. And then I was starting to kind of you know take my flight more to the north northeast, and uh, I just took my last glide over there, and it was lovely. I'm having trouble understanding the border here. Is that it? Is 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 half of the Dead Sea in Jordan? Is that what that is, or is that a ferry route? I can't tell what's going on here. Uh, is it? Uh, well, you're many people like you are going to be very much uh, confused about the borders over there. You know, it's a very um, gray area. Um, it's it uh, part of it is disputed, right? I mean, this is what I mean. Part of it will be sure. what you call like the the Palestinian um, territory. Um, but but that will be uh, the part which is somewhere um, mid of Dead Sea, and then toward of Jerusalem. Okay. Yes. Okay. And and what are the? I mean, could I just come to Israel tomorrow and go flying? You know, hook up with the locals and go flying. Is that safe, or or do I really need to understand? I mean, were you thinking a lot about? how where you were going and where you were going to land or as long as you kind of land on a road or nearby a road you're all right so i mean you need to be able to to get in touch with the with the community because you're all going to get quite a lot of information about a takeoff a takeoff area which are you know pretty critical in a in a flatland a flatland zone um so I, I think it's a it's a good idea to I mean that will be the the first stop. But within that, I mean, mm -hmm. do your homework. You know, read the maps and try to to understand where you're flying and what the wind is doing that day. And like within that um, within that boundary, I mean, you have a lot of a uh, area to play with. But yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can pack a glider tomorrow morning and and just go and fly over there. Wow. Oh. I'm just um, I'm I'm loving looking at the maps here and just imagining it all. Incredible. I I can't for some reason X contest is is blocking. I don't know what's going on, but I can't pull up your flight. Where did you end? I I'm looking at your flight, but there's no map or anything. It just shows two twenty eight point six k. But it does. I don't I don't know. I've reloaded a million times. So I can't. Something's wrong with X contest right now. But how, where did you did you get past Jerusalem? Yes, uh, not by much. I landed uh, just uh, after uh, Yericho. Okay. 
I see it. Oh, wow. That must have been so cool. And now, tell me what, you know, the, the Israeli flying community is big. It Was this pretty inspiring to the community? Are there lots of people chasing it now and trying to beat your record? Are they going back to that same spot? Or uh, how many people fly in? Here it is. It finally came up. I see it. Okay. How many people fly in, in Israel? What, how big is the community there? I think that you have approximately uh, 400 active pilots. Um, so I okay. wouldn't say that it's a very big community, but it's very active. So I thought it was bigger than that. Yeah, okay. They are flying mm-hmm. around, the, I mean, year-round. And uh, I have to say that the, the, the level over there is pretty, pretty good. Um, I've seen as well, you know, Israeli pilots that never flew in the Alps, and then they are coming to the Alps, and it's completely different terrain, right? I mean, you, you need to understand how to fly in the in, in big mountains. So they, they you know, they give it a go and they get it. They get it because you, they know how to tackle mm. a, you know, a lot of wind and they know how to, how to, how to, you know, uh, the, the takeoffs in Israel are sometimes not the easiest and they're able to, to fly pretty well. So it, it's quite, a, quite incredible to, to see that. Um, the majority of the classical um, routes are actually not necessarily in the south. They are more in the north. Uh, where you see uh, from you know from the west, if you see a bit of north to Tel Aviv, Zichon, you can cross from there toward the Kinneret. That will be a lovely uh, 70 kilometers, 70, 80 kilometers, and you have a lot um, a lot of flying going on around the uh, Ari as well. That's completely in the north. Uh, from the Tavor, which is around the Galilee area, uh, that's also a very popular uh, flying area. And, and if you don't have a lot of wind that day, you can really be creative and, and go uh, many directions. Um, but but you know you, you need to remember that the during you know from May until October you have pretty predominant west um, going on. So you, you, I mean within that period of time, you can only go uh, east. Uh, so it's, uh, it's something important. And how, how much of a sea breeze, how much of a sea breeze effect is there? Is that just a daily occurrence? Yeah, it's very, um, it, it's very present over there. You need to think about your takeoff in, in those terms. You cannot, it's not like in the Alps where, you know, as long as you don't have a strong wind, you can pretty much go anywhere and, and take off. You really have to think about what's the meteorological wind and uh, and work with it. On the other end, you don't have the wind valley system, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and is there, do you tow there much or is, is it all foot launching? It's all foot launching. Uh, there was an attempt to, to work with, uh, with towing a bit. I think that uh, it's not being done anymore. And, and actually it's, uh, it's pity because I think that especially in the South where it's a bit uh, more challenging to to find the uh, to find the takeoff, especially around Beersheba. Yeah, I think that we, you can do wonders with uh, with towing. Mm. Yeah, it seems like a good towing place. It, would the roads be conducive to that? You know, not much traffic. Are there dirt roads that you could use for for towing? Um, in the, in the north, yes. In the north, yes. Not very much in the south. In in the south, it's a bit like uh, flying. Uh, in very remote area, I'm talking like India or, or Pakistan. I mean, you need to be ready mm. um, to, to fly with, you know, BV gear and to be ready to spend the night out and make sure that you have an inreach and everything. Um, that's if you're planning to go big in the south. Some areas, if you're going to bomb out, 
you might have um, a very good chance to, to spend the night out and, and like walk for 20, 30 kilometers. God, I love it. That's awesome. I mean, I don't, I, I would imagine most people listening are like me that, that blows them away a little bit. You don't think of Israel being really super remote. I think of it being, you know, very populated and, and like you said, small and, but I, you're right. I mean, I'm looking at the map here and you've got, you know, you've got the, the population center around Jerusalem and then it just goes into full desert. Exactly, exactly. And, and there are two really? main, main features over there, which, which are really, really cool. So one, one will be the, the Dead Sea area, which is, you know, first of all, beside the fact that you're flying in the lowest, lowest place on Earth, that's, you know, minus 400 <laughs> meters. It's just stunning. It's a stunning area. And uh, I mean, you cannot uh, do big cross country from uh, from the Dead Sea because of the inversion over there and everything is very, very stable. But hiking fly wise. Wow. That's that's I think this is really a nice place to explore. And then you have another feature, which are the, the craters. The craters in Israel are just just massive balls in the ground. You know, some of them are in a in a radius of, of approximately like you know 20 30 kilometers where this is like flying in the moon and it's pretty hmm. high we're talking about 900 meters above a above a sea level and it's working pretty well in the in, in the shoulder seasons and and the beautiful part of it as well that you can i mean if you're willing to walk a bit you can from you, you can take off from every part of the crater you just need to walk and just find the the proper edge against the wind soar a bit take the take the altitude and and then you can go somewhere just now you it finally came up on x contest did you have cloud support all day um not much uh, not much actually oh. that day that, I mean that specific uh, record flight I did uh, last March I, I had a completely blue day um, but very often if you have conversion you definitely see this uh, from you know across the Arava desert from from a lot uh, all the way to the all the way to the Dead Sea it's very easy to see that conversion and um, yeah, I mean the thermals over there, especially around the Mitzpah Ramon, also generating a, a lot of clouds. How how far do you think you could go? What's what's on the table there? Could you fly southern border to northern border or, or reverse? I mean, could you get all the way to Haifa, for example? It's not too much farther than where you went, really. I guess you could. I mean, I, I, I think that it, maybe that's no, but that's probably too much. That's probably too far to the west, though. You'd probably hit the sea breezes you got up there, right? Um, could be, but I think that uh, if you pick up a day which is not very, um, I mean, not too uh, predominant west wind, west wind, then I think that I mean you can go pretty far. I mean you have to remember that in March I was still working on a, on a winter uh, clock, so I was yeah, you know by sure. by three yeah. o'clock I was already pretty much with a weak sun. If you're looking on some of the forecast in in May and April, you will be you will be able to see in cloud base in three thousand meters and um, and and north wind or south wind, which are pretty good for flying, and you have another three four hours of daylight. So if you take my flight at another three, four hours, you, yeah, you can, I think that you can yeah, do the 300 definitely. meters. Yeah. 
300 kilometers. Yeah, like Nazareth or something. That'd be pretty neat. Go in in Nazareth. Oh, amazing. You you talked about, you know, just how some flights, you can't really do anything wrong. You're just in flow. Is that something you've experienced a bunch? Rarely? And if, 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 if so, and when you do experience, is it something you can, if you found you can kind of induce and, and, uh, you know, do something in your mind to get you into flow or is it, it just happens? It's, it's very, it's very different from, uh, from one flight to another. I mean, all of my, you know, big flights, I can, I can, I can attest that I was, I was in a flow mode. I had another three, I mean, I had another 200 kilometers flight, a triangle in a fish uh, last year. And I, and I was definitely in that zone. I had a uh, 200 kilometers, a uh, a week and a half ago from Annecy, and I I experienced that. I feel like when when everything is turning into automatic pilot and and you just let the wing fly and and you stop calculating too much and you just put your fears aside, um, this is when you can really uh, maximize your performance. Mm. Uh, that's as well. I mean, how, how it works for me when I'm overthinking it when I'm, I'm not listening to my uh, instincts when I'm trying to yeah basically just overthink the day um, or set up too much expectations then then this is yeah well just I'm not performing so well and, and somehow I'm just I'm trying too hard or thinking too much about it it's not it's not working uh, that well when you think about flying in Israel, it sounds like you travel quite a bit. You're down in Colombia. Uh, you experience flying in different parts of the world. You know, it's just not something we hear about too much. Flying in Israel would would Israel be a destination you would go to fly if you didn't have the history there and the and that you hadn't grown up there? Is it is it is it warrant that kind of is it is the flying that good that? everybody should know about this and start getting over there and, and sending it. I mean, I wouldn't go to Israel and try to break my personal record, right? That that's something I wouldn't do because I, I, I cannot say that, you know, every day is, is a magic day. I mean, it comes, you have like, I don't know, like 10 days like that in, in, in a season. Um, but okay. if you would like to, to find a cool country where, you know, you, you you can maximize your 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 airtime and still enjoy exploring a country on you know air and ground. Um, I think I think it's it, it it is something to look at. I I wouldn't go over there if I mm. didn't had the the connection I have uh, with Israel. I have to admit. Um, but because I have that connection, it kind of forced me to do you know, try to maximize my airtime in Israel and, and my nature. I, I like to go and, uh, and explore, uh, um, explore areas. And uh, I went over there and saw what I could do with the, with the paraglider. And um, I came across those, those beautiful lines. Um, so that was inspiring for me. I mean, I, I'm always trying to do something which is a bit off the beaten route. I mean, if, if I did something, I'm trying to go into another area and try to do something a bit different. Is it a, an appropriate place to maybe do some some bivy or is it just too dry mm. would, or maybe bivy with car support or something? Uh, probably with the car support, but it's not the best place for bivy simply because you have a limited area of uh, takeoffs. Um, yeah. You don't have a lot of mountains over there and, and the few that you have, it's, it's a bit, you know, sometimes problematic to 
uh, to go over there. I mean, for example, you have the Hermon in, in the north, but you need to have authorization from uh, from the military to take off over there. So, I, you know, I wouldn't, and sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. Um, so I wouldn't count on it. And let's say if you, if you, take off from there and, and you bomb out somewhere in the in the center of the country. I mean, to hike to a takeoff might, you know, be a bit of a, a, a bit difficult. So mm. what I do recommend is hike and fly. Hike and fly days, especially around the Dead Sea, is just magnificent. It, it's it's mm. very beautiful and it's remote, but not too remote. You you still have a um, you know the the highway which is kind of crossing uh, crossing the Dead Sea, uh, south to north. Um, but it's a it's a beautiful hike, and for people especially that didn't didn't taste the the desert, uh, that could be you know quite uh, quite a kick. Have you spent much time in nearby Jordan? I hear wonderful things about Jordan. I've never heard of anything about it for flying. It looks it looks very flat. But uh, do you know? Have you flown in Jordan? Do you know much about Jordan? I uh, so when 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 you go uh, flying in the Dead Sea, you always see that the Jordanian side, right? Which is it's not flat at all. You, they have mountains uh-huh. of 2,500 meters over there, and it's Whoa. yeah, it's just crossing really? Israel from north to south. And I think that you can do amazing stuff over there. I I never flew over there. Actually, yeah. I was planning uh, to go over there for a, for a small expedition with a few Swiss friends. The problem over there is you need to get special uh, authority uh, to fly over there. I got in contact with the local community in Jordan, but it seems like they're just very pessimistic about uh, what kind of a you know permit you can get to to explore the area. Um, but um, if if we put aside you know the, what you can do with with the authorities and just focus on the on the flying part, I think it's it's super interesting area to fly in. I mean, when you when you look at Google Earth, you know, compared to Israel or Egypt, I mean, man, there's a long distance between places. <laughs> there's there's not a lot of towns and stuff. And yeah, so it just looks it looks vast. It it is it is vast. It is, and uh, but but you know, it's not a boring desert. It's not like all of it is like the Sahara and just boring dunes. It's it's very very technical yeah. terrain you have like gorges and, and you have a lot of cliffs and some of it is dunes and, and some of it is just rough terrain and it goes from a 1000 meter above a um, above sea level into minus 400 meters so it, it's just you have it, it's a very versatile terrain beautiful mm. just beautiful I, I, I was recently watching a documentary on the the i think it is the yeah, here it is. The King Salman Royal Nature Reserve in Saudi. Uh, I mean, you look, I'm looking at it from space right now. It's just massive. It is incredible. Yeah, it's a neat part of the world, isn't it? I, I it's a, it's a, it's a part of the world that you know, on this side of the pond, we don't discover. We don't get, we don't get to that part of the world very much. Uh, I had, I had a couple clients on my boat you know, when I, back in my boat days that were from Israel and they, the way they spoke about it just, just sounds magical. And you know, the, the, the sea and the, and the dead sea and the, and the towns and the food, I'd go there just to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to compete with the, with the food in Israel. It's pretty awesome. 
it's pretty awesome and and you know yeah, it, i mean pretty awesome. you can visit in the beach and just you know just enjoy a bit of a of a easy life or you can go down in the side on, on the south or, or biking or trail running and it's just a, a lovely playground it's a lovely playground so it's a, something that mm-hmm. i think that we can look further into it and and in that sense i think that as a community we need to look a bit more on on the middle east altogether I think that there is much to yeah. explore over there. I mean, it's it's an area that gets a lot of sun, and uh, it's not that flat as we as we tend to think. I mean, there are many places where we can uh, where we can take off, and but you know, it's it's going off the beaten road. You need to be able to 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 have a mindset of of exploration. So forget about the car and, mm. and use your legs and, and try to think uh, creatively about the different lines and, and study the weather patterns over there, which is another issue. I mean, the forecast in that region is not is not necessarily the best because, uh, I mean, you know, the more remote yeah. is that, the less measurements you have. So the forecast is not necessarily uh, very reliable, but um, it's consistent, I think. It's consistent because of the of the sun. Ah, man, you've inspired me. I'm, I'm excited. Well, Elliot, thank you for sharing about your flight and your experiences there in the Middle East. And I hope the folks listening will get inspired to hop on a plane and go go explore some of this. It's, I mean, I'm just, I've am just i spent most of this time just looking at the map and <laughs> spinning around and getting familiar with the area. The, the closest I've come really is, is Turkey. I've done, I've done it, did a world cup there and I've, you know, I've done the Ola Denny's things, but I haven't done any of this stuff to the South and, and not and except, you know, Morocco and places further South and in, in Africa, but it, it looks like a lot of fun. Yes, yes, it is. Um, I did actually, um, I mean, in the last four or five years where I was uh, spending a bit more uh, time exploring that area in Israel, I uh, I thought that it will be a good idea to have like a small um, guidebook for hike and fly. And that's available, um, available mm. for free online. So just search hike and fly uh, Israel and there are, you know, some... Uh, a few possibilities of what you can do over there. I think that that could be a good start. Um, but you need to remember, it's not all. Um, it's not. It's not all pink. I mean, sometimes you will. You know, you'll get to a yeah. takeoff. It will be just going to be too strong, or it's or it's going to be not exactly according to the forecast, or you know, the the the, the border over there is is not something that you want to tackle with. The funny thing is that actually, I think that the best lines. Uh, because of the west wind will be to take off somewhere from um from the golan heights and just go uh, go east but in that case and and if if you look on 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 um on the um, on you know the cloud base around the syria it's pretty pretty neat so you can take off over there and you know land in damascus <laughs> Um, and that's probably possible almost that on a seems daily a little basis. dicey right now exactly but... i wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it <laughs> uh, i'm not recommending it i'm saying it's possible i'm not saying don't, don't yeah. do it although it's very tempting over there so it's uh, I, I wouldn't recommend it yeah 
Yeah, you got to do a little bit of study on the maps and the borders and everything before you go. But uh, that just looks uh, looks fantastic. I just pulled up some pictures of the Golan Heights. That's gorgeous. Every every weekend, the local uh, community are gathering somewhere and trying to fly together. And I think that it will be smart to, you know, in the first visit over there, at least do that. You know, get with with a few a few of the locals that will um, that will you know get you to. Uh, to have a briefing on the on the site and what you can do and, and what you cannot do and just fly with them a bit and perhaps in your second visit over there you can be a bit more um, a bit more adventurous adventurous yeah cool Elliot thanks man I appreciate it what a fun talk and uh, uh, it's good to see your smiling face and dream about the Middle East and thanks man appreciate it <laughs> alright Gavin have a good one you too If you find the cloud-based mayhem valuable, you can support it in a lot of different ways. You can give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or however you get your podcast. That goes a long ways and helps spread the word. You can blog about it on your own website or share it on social media. You can talk about it on the way up to launch with your pilot friends. I know a lot of interesting conversations have happened that way. And of course, you can support us financially. This show does take a lot of time, a lot of editing. A lot of storage and music and all kinds of behind the scenes cost. So if you can support us financially, all we've ever asked for is a buck a show. And you can do that through a one-time donation through PayPal, or you can set up a subscription service that charges you for each show that comes out. We put a new show out every two weeks. So for example, if you did a buck a show and every two weeks, it'd be about $25 a year. So way cheaper than a magazine subscription. And it makes all of this possible. Uh, I do not want to fund this show with advertising or sponsors. We get asked about that uh, pretty frequently, but I, for a whole bunch of different reasons, which I've said many times on the show, I don't want to do that. I don't like having that stuff at the front of the show. And I also want you to know that these are authentic conversations with real people. And these are just our opinions, but our opinions are not being skewed by sponsors or advertising dollars. I think that's a pretty toxic business model. So I hope you dig that. Um, you can support us. If you go to cloudbasedmayhem.com, you can find the places to support. You can do it through patreon.com forward slash cloudbasedmayhem. If you want a recurring subscription, you can also do that directly through the website. Uh, we tried to make it really easy, and that will give you access to all the bonus material, a little video cast that we do and extra little uh, nuggets that we find in conversations that don't make it into the main show, but we feel like you should hear. We don't put any of that behind a paywall. If you can't afford to support us then just let me know and i'll set you up with an account of course that'll be lifetime and hopefully and you're being in a position someday to be able to support us but you'll find all that on the website uh, all of you who have supported us or even joined our newsletter or bought cloud-based mayhem merchandise t-shirts or hats or anything you should be all set up you should have an account and you should be able to access all that bonus material now thank you so much for listening i really appreciate your support and we'll see you on the next show thank you